as discussed, take the best of what has happened for the last 18 months. I mean, there are obviously, it has been difficult and challenging for people. There's no doubt about that. But some good things have come out of it too. And I think you and I have chatted before about how to take some of the positives. How have things changed? And what would you preserve? I'd preserve the continual change that I see happening and it's really challenging for, you know, lots of people. And as we say, you can't underestimate the impact it's had on people. Livelihoods have changed as a result of not just Brexit, but also the pandemic. The very simplest thing about human behaviour is that if you want to do something and you can't, or it becomes harder, we don't stop. We look to find a way. And I've, you see that in spades everywhere, that... People are trying to, you know, come up with, they, they, they seize the opportunity to jump into a logistics chain that's been interrupted to come up with new ways of developing a new product that can sell locally, for example, um, and meet the needs that's there. And people work, work endlessly when they're excited and motivated by that kind of prospect. And I'm also really excited about that. I think the fact there has been so much change that initiatives like Black Lives Matter and um, diversity and things like that have really had a force of momentum behind them because we're all in the state of change at the moment and reconsidering and the fact that we have to work differently is opening up questions and challenges and making people more receptive potentially to the ideas of doing something different. The momentum, it's a very good point and well made in terms of what might have changed. I certainly at the start of all of this, there were some of my colleagues who embraced it very well and and some of them who adapted less well, I think is probably fair to say. Yeah. The more rigid the approach from the individual, the less successful it turned out to be. I don't know whether you saw similar sorts of things, but that ability to take something from the circumstances and adapt definitely stood well for some people and, and less well for, for others. I think that's true. And, and I mean, there's lots of research about having a growth mindset. And, you know, there has been lots of debates in the past about whether or not you've got it or you haven't. And if you've got it, that's great. And if you haven't, then you're a bit stuck. But actually, the reality is that anyone can develop the growth mindset, but it's like a muscle and it needs some practice and it needs... It also needs a a kind of a safe environment to try it out in because it's quite uncomfortable. It is about risk-taking and trying things that might not work. So if if you're in a challenging environment that doesn't necessarily support that and people like you aren't doing it, then um, that's going to make it much harder to do. We are, you know, pack animals. We do like to go along with the social norm, whether it's right or wrong. Um, We're more inclined to do that. It's much harder. There's lots of evidence on um, to get a behaviour change, a very important factor is what your peers are doing and what they think about it and what people who matter to you think about it. But those people who aren't used to behaving that way and have, have trodden the same path for a really long time and it's worked for them, actually to try something out differently is going to be really uncomfortable. Uh, so then seeing people around them suddenly changing is going to be quite a difficult scenario to be in as well. This is a bit of a pivotal moment, I suspect, as people start to think about different ways of working when you've got a blend and you've got to have a hybrid model going on. And I think there's going to be a lot to be said for leadership 
and how they approach it. And you hear messages about, because if the senior leadership essentially say, well, everyone can work in a certain way, but I'm going to carry on how I always have done, then that's going to send a certain message that the successful people are still working as they always have done. And that could have an impact on the change that hopefully the world is going to try and make right now. It's a fascinating point, and I'm sure that you will have observed that the financial services industry and the banking industry particularly um, have been pretty vocal in senior terms, both Morgan Stanley um, and Goldman Sachs, about the fact that they want people back in the office and they're going back to what I would say is a pretty traditional take, as you've just pointed out, on, on what office working could and should be. Yeah. And I've been surprised at how vocal they've been and directive they've been, because that that very much does say the last 18 months was a bit of an aberration and we'd like to go back to where we were before, which does probably question whether anything's been learned through that process. And that's the key point. And for people who don't like change, actually, you need the moments of reflection to say, well, what has worked and what hasn't worked? And I think there are, there are, there are people looking carefully at this and saying, actually, you know, there has been a lot of productivity and um, people enjoying the autonomy of working from home and feeling trusted to do that. And partly because they've been, you know, managers have been forced to trust, but still seeing deliverables coming out of it. At the same time, I think there is a recognition that you can lose some of the, um, the creativity from not being in the room. You know, when you're stuck in a time zone in a box and you can't just have a, oh, what do you think about X? And as, as you would do if you're sat next to somebody or walking around. I think there is definitely something lost from that in-person experience that we're all missing as well, aren't we? Agreed. We've certainly seen it from our perspective. We've seen a bit more turnover in that group of joiners because they're less obviously connected to the business and their colleagues and the culture yeah. than they might have been if they'd been in the office. So I suppose from my perspective, I would hate to lose all of the things that we've learned in the last 18 months, but equally the human connection we all know is important yeah did you know that uh, so what's really interesting about this potential this opportunity is um if you if you say yes you can have blended working but um you don't change the office environment so that you you know the office looks exactly the same as it always has and then particularly for those who are people who are more junior maybe their home environment's not particularly enticing to work in either so they're more likely to be in the office anyway because they want the connection so the key part of being in the office is to enable, you have to get some work done, but to enable the creativity and bouncing ideas and just, it's problem solving, isn't it? Yeah. Problem solving works really well when you're face to face or a group of people and you can, you can bash out the idea and figure it out. So actually, if you were encouraging some homeworking, it would be an opportunity to restructure your office. So you can have more of these desks, but you know, you have fewer desks, but you have more collaborative spaces. 
you know, the kind of Google funky student looking image or the WeWork workspaces. Actually, they work really well for that kind of creativity that you pitch up. You get some work, you've got a zone, you can get some work done quietly if you want to. But you can walk about and you can bump into people you could, you know, write on the whiteboard. If an office was, and, and actually you might end up that people are in there all the time because they can do both kinds of working. And then those people who really want to have greater flexibility to work from home could still retain that. That's the opportunity. It, it, I think you won't get really good changed way of working if you've still got the same old, same old office structure. I think if you sat people down and asked them if they enjoy contrasting opinions to their own, they all say they do. And we all do, of course, except when you're trying to achieve something and somebody says, no, you can't do it that way, or no, you shouldn't do it that way. Or if you do do it that way, then this is the consequence of of what happens, Um, which people can find frustrating. So I suppose one of the things that we're kind of all thinking about, and, and certainly I'm thinking about, is how you create the environment that allows people to express those opinions, encourages them to do it constructively, but allows some challenge because now we are freewheeling in terms of this discussion. But you look at the Metropolitan Police Chief and think, maybe she needs to change the way she's thinking about these things because it's not okay in following the trail of that Daniel Morgan case to say they did nothing wrong because they clearly did. I agree with you. I think, you know, and that's the challenge of diversity, isn't it? That we, it's hard work. And actually we, we, you know, especially you've just spent time thinking, oh, this is brilliant. I've got to really figure this out. And I've got a great idea and I'm just getting really excited. And then it gets shot down by three people. For me, it's, it's about, again, about leadership and vision. That can be articulated in a way that is saying, look, this is what we want to achieve as an outcome. Now let's all come together and brainstorm the ideas. But it is about having that, you know, there's a huge amount of research on psychological safety in, in teams. It, it's, it's enabling people to have, look, everyone's gonna, got a valued opinion and they are all in the room because they come from a different angle. What we started talking about, you know, at the start of this conversation in terms of growth mindset is is another layer of this because you're absolutely right. It, it's not linear. It, not everything will work. Yeah. If you can get people to acknowledge the failings without being critically wounded by them, that's a good position to be in. But that requires an understanding that... of the things you do won't work, maybe 40% of the things you do won't work, but you're kind of in that range. The growth is, it's it's an interesting way of getting people to let go of the rigid, I must be seen to succeed. For managers as well, the challenge is you ask people to do things, it doesn't work, not necessarily their fault because things are complicated. And then the, the kind of pressure on the manager is then to say, right, well, I'm going to have to come up with a solution because ultimately I'm accountable. And if they could actually trust and push back to the person and say, look, that hasn't worked. You know, I'd really like you to think about this or we can think about it together to pull apart why it hasn't worked. And, you know, try to trust the people to go away and try again. I think people love problem solving 
And they'll have this going around in their head as they walk around, you know, why didn't that work? What could be done differently? And then they're really engaging their brain. But it requires a manager to, to not step in and say, right, this is what we're going to do instead and fix the problem. It's to leverage the power of the team. And that's, that's a challenging thing to do. We're used to saying, do this, give it back to me. Yes, that's what I was expecting to see. No, it wasn't. This is what I want. Go do it. And very directional. It's a different thing to say, well, that doesn't seem to be getting us what we want. Can you go and try and come up with some different alternatives? That could be quite uncomfortable, but you could then you get surprised because, and that's the diversity is, you want other people to think of the things that you wouldn't have thought of. It could be that I'm working in a really unusual organisation, but the, the people who tend to progress towards the leadership positions tend to do so in the belief that they must control all of the variables. Not unusual. Not I don't think it's that Very much the norm. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've watched a little bit of it happen. I'm trying hard not to do it that way, which is to allow people to come to a conclusion and then interact with whether that's sensible or, or not. The more people tend to do that and design down to the very basic level what the response should be, the less empowered the people in that chain are. And, and don't get me wrong, it's clearly successful and can deliver results. But is it game-changing? Not necessarily. And, and you're not necessarily going to go as fast as potentially you could, all, yeah, because there's also a risk it could slow down. But you're not getting the empowered people. You're not actually really leveraging all the brain power because people are sat there waiting to be told what to do. And they won't question and they won't provide their ideas if they think something could be done differently, if they, they don't get a good response in whatever they suggest it. But you're right, you know, lots of people are successful and can make a large amount of money out of it. It just could be better. And that's the challenge of people seeing how it could be better and how much people would be enjoying coming to work. I think that's the very interesting position that we're in at the moment, which is to as we've been discussing, to take the things that have changed, so the empowerment, the allowing people to decide where, based on their workload, is the right place to be. I find that has worked, so we shouldn't completely throw it out. However, if you are a senior in the organisation or been more established in your careers, you have to acknowledge that there are you have a responsibility to the people who are entering the organisation now who are less connected and who need more help, and you are going to need to be there for them, not for yourself. That's the change in mindset, which I can't, I can articulate that. It sounds vaguely reasonable. The downside is that I can't convince people to really take it off. It's a big challenge. And I think it's one of those things that you need more people role modeling it and seeing the, the positive effect from it to get that kind of change and visionary leaders and uh, who work that way to make that change.